Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Good morning. It's a joy to be back with you. Uh, We were here, I think, close to four, maybe five years ago, uh, before our family headed to Belgium to serve God there in Europe to do whatever he asked us to do. And we were connecting with local churches and local church planters and local churches that needed to be revitalized. And we were doing this throughout Eastern Europe. And we're just so thrilled to be able to share with you today some of the stories of what we saw God do while we were in Europe. We will have momentarily our children up on the screen. Uh, They have grown significantly since the last time we were with you. Uh, They were like here and here, and now they are here and here. Uh, Anthony is now 15, and Emily is 12, and uh, they keep us uh, very alert and uh, challenged all of the time. Uh, One of the communities we worked in was in Bulgaria, and in Bulgaria, uh, we see um, two different, three different cultures. We see communists and Bulgarians and Muslim people, and gypsies, that's a fourth. So it's a very interesting country with a very interesting history. We were there just about a year ago with a group from a church here in America. And we were at a church on Sunday morning, and a family came, and we were introduced to them, and we were asked to pray for this family. Because this family had not been to church in years, and they had, instead of following God, chosen to open their lives up to the Muslim mafia, running prostitution, some drugs, very interesting choices when they stepped away from God. And they had invited all of this darkness into their lives. As we began to pray with them, we began to sense some of those chains that were holding them down, some of the darkness that they had invited, and we had started to sense some of that lifting, and we rejoiced with them and knew that it was not going to be a one-time deal. The next day, this same family came back to us at church, and they said, could you come to our house, and could you pray at our home? You see, their home is where they conducted business, and we said, sure, uh, we can come tomorrow. So the whole team of about 30 of us, we went to their house, and we began to pray. And we began to pray that the light of Christ would shine through the darkness that they had invited into their lives. Reminds me of what we sang earlier today. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. We began to pray that that same light that we sang about would shine into their darkness and that it would repel the darkness, that it would cause the darkness to flee. We finished praying, and a few minutes later, the husband, the father of that house, got a phone call. The phone call was from his son who is in prison over 150 miles away. He said, Dad, what is happening at our house? His dad said, nothing. No, you know, there's some people here, but there's nothing that's happening. Dad, you don't understand what is happening at our house. And he said, well, nothing. No, Dad, you don't understand. I just saw a vision of our house and a bright light shining out of heaven into our house. What is happening? You see, God was answering our prayer. And I want you to know that as you pray for the darkness to be chased out of your life, that God answers in the very same way. 
I love having ADD and uh, being a special guest speaker because everything that happens, I have a new idea. So uh, it's always an adventure every Sunday. Good missionaries actually have their their material memorized. I just kind of fly and just enjoy it. So it's going to be an adventure today. So I hope you've uh, you've come. But I'm so thankful to be a part of the sermon series called Different. And uh, I don't know if that's why uh, Chris had us speak today because I'm a little different. I'm not sure what that what may be. But with that being said, I'm so thankful. Uh, that we're called to be different. Look at the person next to you and say, you're different. (laughs) Look back at them and say, you are too. (laughs) And it's okay to be a little bit different, isn't it? And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm reminded, and uh, even as I was kind of pondering this morning, I was thinking about what God has called us to do, and he's called us to do something different. And even from this last term, you've seen pictures of Eastern Europe, and uh, we've been partnering with the local church. We believe in the local church. We believe that it's the hope of the world. The reality is that Bloomington Normal is better because Compass is here. Okay, there's... (laughs) There's like six of you that agree with that. That's awesome. And uh, hopefully by the end of this service, all of you will recognize that normal is better because you're here. Uh, Way to go. That's good. All right. The the truth is that uh, the church, the local church, is God's mechanism for reaching the world and to impact the lives of people. And God wants to use each and every one of you. I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to let God speak to you? If you are willing to let God speak to you, I believe that today he will speak to you. And uh, even as I ponder it, as I was seeing the, uh, the, the video before service, and if you don't make it early enough, you should come see it sometime. It's very well done. And, uh, and, uh, and I got to see Terry like 16 times sitting on the floor with kids. It was awesome. And, uh, but you know what? Kids ministry is not babysitting during service. I, I want to tell you, I was called in the ministry at age five. God spoke to me when I was five years old. I know that God speaks to kids. He speaks to people. You have no idea when they're running amok and they're, uh, they're, they're all over the place, you have no idea what God might be doing in the life of a child. And uh, if God can speak to the son of five generations of crane operators and steel workers from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and can pluck that guy out that had no ministry pedigree, that had no background, that had no favoritism from God or anything else, but just plucked me out and spoke to me, I know that he can speak to you, and I believe he's going to speak to you this morning. Lord, I come to you even right in this moment. Lord, I ask your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. Lord, it is not good enough to ponder what it is to be different. But Lord, we must encounter who you are. And in that moment, we will be made different. Because Lord, we can't come into your presence. We can't hear your voice. We can't sense your presence 
and not be transformed and not be made different. But today we invite you to make us different today. I pray that you would speak to us today. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. As I come to you this morning, we have partnered with churches and church plants and uh, uh, much like Compass, uh, but all different. Um, and uh, in parts of Eastern Europe, our leadership has asked us to continue doing the same work. They said, Joel, what you're doing is seeing not only lives transformed and families transformed, but communities impacted by partnering for three years with a local church. And they said, we want you to do that in a challenging territory. They've asked us to walk into northwestern Europe, which extends from Greenland all the way to Finland, into some of the very darkest regions in the parts of the world where God is not even a concept that people consider. In some of the most unreached and underreached territories, of Europe. They've asked us to go in and to just allow the light of Jesus to shine and to, I always say when the local church shines and when pastors begin to dream again, I've been successful in what I'm doing. Because there are so many pastors that are weary, that are tired, that have been overwhelmed, that have been crushed by secularism, by persecution, by and pushed on all sides. And it's marvelous. I, I love to sit. I love to dream. I, I think sometimes I'm the worst person at my job because I can go into just about any community and I can see uh, any kind of broken. If there is an empty building, I see a church. I can dream it. I can decorate it. I can put signage up. I, can, I have the colors picked. I can do it instantly. I love to do that. And I love to see pastors. I see the light go back on. Because I know when that happens, it begins to resonate. It begins when the music starts to pound in your heart. It's a resonating power. God gave us resonators. And that is what our influence should be when we are truly different. When we're different. Not like the status quo. Not like the normal, uh, everyday life. It's something that God has called us to, to be different. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, as you do, if you have your tree version or you have the E version, it's all good, but if you would look at Ephesians chapter 5 today, it's a passage that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Ephesian church about being different. In fact, he's asking the church to be countercultural to go against the tide of everything else that's happening around you. Friends, how many of you can spend about three minutes on Facebook and think you want to be countercultural? It is a day and age when there needs to be a profound difference between followers of Christ and the way everybody else is experiencing life. Amen? That's the truth for us. So as we look at it, what would it look like if our lives were different than everyone else? That our lives were better, healthier, more fulfilling, and satisfying? What it, would it be uh, if we looked different so that we could make a difference? That's the question that we have for us today. The, the truth is you can make a difference. 
Look at the person next to you and say, you can be different. You can be different. So many times, some of us came in here this morning as a part of routine. It's a part of tradition. It's a part of something that we normally do. But I want to tell you that God is desiring for you today to walk out different. Not the same way you came in. If you, if you walk out the same way you came in, you have missed out on the greatest opportunity of your week. As we gather together, and in my ADD mind, when Pastor Chris was talking about mountains that some of you are facing, the truth is some of you didn't come down and get prayer this morning. And you know what? Your mountain is still there. Can I tell you that when Jesus was talking to his disciples, this is a completely different sermon, so just go with it. But when... <laughs> When Jesus, uh, you, you find, I believe it's in Luke chapter 17, the disciples corporately said, teacher, increase our faith. So it was increase our faith. But the passage that talks about Jesus saying, well, he goes back and he says, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, do you realize the English language fails us there? Because Jesus wasn't talking to the individual. Americans read the individual. The truth is, Jesus was saying, and if he were from Pittsburgh, my hometown, he would say, if yins, guys, if you all, or it was a plural you, I want you to grab a hold of something. When you have prayer time, it's not just you coming down and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's you coming down and saying, together our faith will see mountains moved. Some of you have felt guilty and thought, I can't do anything to move this mountain. I don't even have the faith of a mustard seed. The truth is, you never will. It is faith in collective that makes the difference. That's why we gather together. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, that building, that new building would be bought. It'd be paid for. It would be furnished. It would be renovated. It would be a place where compass influence could spread throughout this region and literally impact the world. If you had the faith of a mustard seed. Now let me get back to my message. That was completely free. All right. When I come to idea of, uh, that was good, wasn't it? All right. I was really in the zone. Auto zone. All right. Uh, so with that, ADD, come on, focus, y'all. All right. When I was in high school, I had to come to grips with identity. And, you know, so many times, uh, there, we always see the differences in one another. You can look around and you can see the differences. And what I learned very quickly was that when you are in high school and you're in that pecking order and you're in that experience where you're trying to be accepted, everybody wants you to be just like them so you can be accepted, right? But the problem and the fallacy with that is what you quickly realize is that if you become like everybody else, you no longer have influence. 
they want to find out, are you going to conform to be like us? And if you're going to conform to be accepted by us, then you won't be able to influence us because you don't do things different. You see, the truth is, each one of us will have expanded influence when we're different. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5, and we're going to be honing in on verses 15 and 16, but I want us to grab a hold of the context this morning because this passage starts out, one version says, be imitators of God. Now that's not easy, is it? I mean, I have the body of a God, but unfortunately it's Buddha, and he's not real God. So with that being said, I, being an imitator of God, what does that mean? Thankfully, the apostle Paul doesn't leave us hanging. He goes on to say that we're to walk in love. Look at the person next to you and say, I love you. Walk in love. Some of you enjoyed that too much. Some of you, I was like, I've been looking for that opportunity all week. <laughs> Let me tell you, walk in love. So Paul says, if you want to be an imitator of God, you're going to walk in love. Not in critical spirit, not in judgment, not in wrath, not in trying to figure out how to make everybody be better. But that you would walk in love. That's a powerful message. If I'm going to be like God, I'm going to walk the way he did. When the adulteress is caught in adultery, he didn't stone her. He didn't reject her. He loved her. He walked in love. When he encountered people, he walked in love. So Paul says, walk in love. And then he says, walk in purity. And I am a missionary. And at the end of this service, I want to be liked by everybody. So I'm going to avoid sin and talking about it. Read it for yourself. There's a whole lot in there. You know, the truth is that sometimes we look at Christianity as a, a list of rules and regulations of do's and don'ts. The truth is you have to first start and understand about God's infinite love. He knows how we were designed. He knows what our body can handle. And he recognizes there are guide, guardrails. I cannot let my Emily whom I love dearly, I, who would eat cupcakes until she had them everywhere, and she loves cupcakes. But as a parent, you don't let your child do those things because you recognize there's destruction involved when that happens, right? There's guardrails. So God gives us these guardrails. He gives us this, and Paul says, you got to walk in love, walk in purity, and then he, it leads up to this, this passage, this verse 15. It says, be careful then. I drove 500 plus miles. It was like almost 12, 1,300 miles last week. Drove 500 miles out to see my parents, my grandparents. My grandfather was in the hospital. I loved that I had the opportunity to go see him in the hospital. And he's recovering. But before I left and got on the road... As a 41-year-old, my grandma said, be careful. My mom said, oh, you be careful on the road. I thought, well, I was going to drive erratically, but now. <laughs> we tell people, be careful. Paul is saying, church, followers of Christ, compass church, be very careful how you live. It matters. 
Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm wise. Bunch of liars. All right, so you, when you think about it, wisdom isn't knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. There are lots of smart people that aren't wise. So he says, he says, not just be full of knowledge. Don't be, we've got all sorts of religious leaders that are full of knowledge, Paul is saying, but be wise. So how you live, be wise, not unwise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Well, that sure doesn't apply now because everything's great, right? The truth is that this is just as relevant and real for us today as it was to that Ephesian church. If the Apostle Paul were here today, he would say, be careful how you live, be wise, make the most of every opportunity. I want to tell you, Paul is encouraging Christ's followers to be different as I look at it, and I want, to, I want us to understand there are really three aspects or three keys today of how to be different, and they're going to be really quick. And it is simply this. It is these three ideas that, we, that, that Paul says is there needs to be an awareness. To be different, you need to be aware. How many of you know you can't be different if you don't know what normal is? There was no pun intended there. Some of you didn't even get that. So, awareness, availability, and action. The three components that are necessary to be different. My wife just gave me the, don't walk off the end of the stage. It'll be dramatic and awesome. Okay, move back. All right, so awareness, availability. I, were some of you else nervous about that? I have fallen off stages before. It's awesome because so, it's so big. Awareness, availability, and action. I want to just illustrate this very quickly and bring this home for you because I, I think it's really important. So many times we, we get in our lives, we talk in these terms. Well, if the church were doing its job, we like to separate ourselves and point finger at an institution rather than taking a look at the recognition of what Paul and the Ephesian church would realize and understand is that we are the church. Look at the person next to you and say, you are the church. And in conclusion, <laughs> Leah, that was awesome. <laughs> You're a rock star. All right. I guess that message in the middle was too big. All right. So I want to explain to us and just, and, and just the reality. There was a, a community building that uh, is going to be up on the screen here that uh, was an old communist grocery store. I went into a community in Darabon, Romania, 
And as I was driving in, the pastor says, oh, and the church is here on the left. And I looked very quickly to the left, and then I looked to the right, and I said, who owns that building? We need that building. And they said, well, that's owned by the Communist Party. Even though the communism has fallen, many of the businesses were still owned by the Communist Party because it was all owned by the government. And I said, we need that building. And they said, well, I said, find out who owns it. Find out what we can do. And as I looked at this building, I, I put it up on Facebook. How many know that Facebook can be redeeming? I didn't really expect many of you to agree with me on that one. But I can tell you in this moment, I put a picture of this building up on, the, on my page. And I said, would you pray with me? I believe this local church needs this building. Would you pray with us? And just as you guys have been in the process of purchasing a building, God uses brick and mortar for his purposes. It's just brick and mortar. But I put it up on Facebook. A pastor's wife in Pawnee, Illinois, was leading worship that morning. It was on a Sunday morning. She saw it. And as she was leading worship, she just began to weep. And she said, a missionary posted a picture of a building and said, we needed to pray. Would you pray with me, church? And, uh, and, and she uh, just began, just was weeping and, and it just began to tell and said, we need to pray about this building and pray that God will provide it for this church. At the end of the service, a man came up in that service and said to the pastor's wife, I don't know what this building costs, but the Lord said, no matter what it costs, let me that I'm, I'm to purchase it. Five hours after I posted it, I had an inbox message that said, no matter what the cost is, that building's purchased. I want to tell you that there is something about being aware of what God is doing, that there's an awareness. If we want to be different, we have to be aware. Get out of... Some of us right now are, are just pressed in, and I'm sympathetic to the things that you're going through, but look beyond where you are and see what he is doing. Be aware there was an awareness, and then there was an availability. In that service, they said, God, how can you help us? How can we be used of you to do something different? And then there was action. They took action. I could tell you story after story after story of being in the right place at the right time that requires us to be aware, to be available, and to take action. And in the very same way this morning, I believe God is speaking to us because there are things that, that you have already known you're supposed to give. There's already something that you have been supposed to do. There's already someone that you have been wanting to reconcile relationship. Friends, be aware and be available. But oh, if you stop there, friends, you won't be living different. You'll be living like everyone else. The difference happens when we take action. Making the most of every opportunity is about seeing right now where you are and say, God, I don't see how you can do it. I don't know what you want to do, but Lord, I am aware you are awesome.
you are able that we can see mountains move. And Lord, I want to be available to you. And Lord, I am willing today to take action. For some of you that is surrendering your life to Christ, you've been running, you've been doing it your own way, you've been saying, I, I want to follow Christ, but I've got to get all my ducks in a row. Or you know what? You don't know how bad it's been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what my background is. I can tell you unequivocally, I don't know what your background is. But I can swap stories with you all day long about how I have seen those who surrendered their life and said, God, it's broken, it's messy, it's nasty, it's dirty, it's terrible. And how he takes it and makes it new. The question is, will you take action on the opportunity this morning? Would you respond to him in faith? Would you say, Lord, I'm aware of my need for you. I make myself available. And Lord, I take action by putting my faith in you today, receiving your love, receiving your forgiveness, receiving your healing, receiving your, your perfect way to make me different today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.